Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How is everyone? Hope you're keeping cool. We only hit 109 today, so it's kind of safe. A lot better than it was. And my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so, and I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento. We're actually 45 strong up and down the state of California, which means if you have a paranormal need, we can get to you because we have people everywhere. We've also got branches of the team in, in, in Washington, Oregon, and Nevada, and Hawaii. So, uh how you like them apples. Somebody else can go away and investigate. Um, today I'd like to take a couple minutes out. Um, we have a nice, you know, a real big European audience and I want to send my condolences out tonight to everybody in the UK and in the Commonwealth. Uh, the, the, the queen, the, losing the queen is a huge loss for everybody and, and I just wanted to get my condolences out on that. Lots of respect going that way. Lots of respect. Anyway, my guest tonight Heather Woodward's been with us before. She's an old friend, known her for a long time. And she's got a new book out. And it's called Erie, Oklahoma. And I I wrote that. I read the book the last two days. Great book. Some spooky stuff in there. Spooky, spooky, spooky. So tonight we get to talk to her about this book and these stories and then and, you know, generally talk about Erie, Oklahoma, because I don't know a lot about Oklahoma and you probably don't know a lot about Oklahoma either. But uh if you get done reading the book, you'll know a lot about Oklahoma. In fact, she goes not only talks about ghost stories, she talks about murder mysteries in there. We t- she talks about lick monsters, things like that, and also t- tells a lot of history about Oklahoma. So I learned a lot. So l- l- let's bring her on. Hello. Hey, how are you? How's it going? It's going. <laughs> it's been a while. Yes, I've been busy writing books. I guess so. And, <laughs> and moving to Oklahoma. I live in I live in Arkansas, actually. But oh, yes. Arkansas. When did this happen? Moving to Arkansas? Yeah. Oh, um, I <laughs> bought a house here. <laughs> so I I did live in Oklahoma for a little bit. Yes, I okay. lived in Oklahoma for like a little over a year, but my it's because my house was being built in Oklahoma. So oh, now cool. I have a house here. Yeah. Okay. But when did you move <laughs> finally? April 29th. See, I lost track. All of a sudden, you were gone. Poof, just like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm going to be writing another, uh, well, I'm actually under contract with another book. I'm actually writing a book called Erie, Arkansas. Awesome. So it'll be out next year uh, in August. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's, that's the plan. Awesome. That's, yes. You still doing uh, your uh, work as a medium or anything? Yes. Yes, I'm doing readings and doing this stuff on this side. Sorry, my dog is like, oh, my God, you're talking to people. Um, he's looking at me right now. I but, want to talk, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm still doing all of that, uh, doing criminal investigating right now. I've been traveling um, for to get stories for the second book. Um, I just went to West Memphis mm-hmm. to um, the murder site of the West Memphis Three, if you don't know that story. But anyway, um, it, it's for the book to kind of feel it out, pace it out to see if there's anything there and um, doing some other traveling, going to the Crescent Hotel, 
this month um, to get some more stories for that haunted location. So I'm all over the place just traveling and trying to get, get book stuff. Sorry, that's the cat. The, the dog is chasing the cat right now. See, because you're on the air. They'll, they'll be quiet the whole time until you're on the air. <laughs> they have been. They have been until just now. That's how my house is. I'm just lucky because this room's got a, this booth is soundproof because I, I have two male cats and two female cats. Oh, yeah. And they're so very vocal. <laughs> so I'm upset about that. It's like those things you hear screaming on your uh, fence. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, two in the morning, you're sleeping away, and then all of a sudden, I know. I know. So tell me about this book. This, this was a good book. I read it cover to cover. Oh, oh, I read the other two books, too, cover to cover. I still oh. have your other two books from when I go to Arizona. But um, yes. tell me about this book. How did it come about? And uh... So, okay. It's a funny story how this book came about because it actually came about on a... <laughs> I wasn't going to... I wasn't planning on writing another book. Um, I mean, I thought about it, but I wasn't like, you know, dead set on it or anything. And... Um, I was looking up some places in Oklahoma to go with my uh, boyfriend to um, to investigate. <laughs> and um, I'm like, why are there no books on Oklahoma? Like, I can't find anything in this area. There's nothing. So um, I was starting to look for, like, Oklahoma, haunted Oklahoma, and everything was just up north, like OKC, Tulsa. Um, there's a bunch of stuff in Tulsa. But um, – and the Norman area, and I was like, why is there no books down, like, anywhere else? And so I emailed the publisher and was like, why don't you have any books down here? Um, you need one. Here's an outline for a book. And they're like, you should write it. And I'm all, oh. They're like, send in a proposal. And I was all, uh, okay. <laughs> and that's how the book happened. So I was like, okay, I'll turn in the proposal. And then, um, they're like, we like your, your ideas, so let's do it. And I was like, okay. Um, initially, I was going to write just a haunted book. Oops, stop. Initially, I was just going to start to write a haunted book. Yeah. Um, but then they're like, why don't you just branch it out? Because, you know, there's more than that. And I was like, can I do murder and mystery? And they're like, yeah, absolutely do murder because it's like eerie, you know? And so they're like, we have a couple other books in the eerie, like eerie Ohio and a few others, but we don't have like the whole series. So mm -hmm. why don't you write that? And I was like, okay. Um, and I really like the idea of kind of branching out i mean i know a lot about um you know the psychic stuff and the haunted right. stuff but it was and i'm but i'm really into true crime like kind of ridiculous and i was like man this would be so fun to like get obsessed about true crime like just some of the stuff that's in oklahoma that nobody talks about and um i mean i love the haunted stuff but honestly like researching um, some of the murder mystery stuff was like so interesting one of the things i learned is that people talk about some of these murders still like at parties and like in intimate conversations, but they just never talk about it in like any other capacity. So. Interesting. Yeah. So did you have to go to courthouses to do, to do some of the research on this stuff or how did you do it? Um, for like, okay. So for like the, uh, um, I've got the Girl Scout murderers, which that was like the bulk of my research for like the true crime stuff. Um, I did online research. Um, I did, uh, research with books and then I asked people in the area because I 
lived less than 45 minutes from the murder site. And I couldn't get on the murder site. They don't let people on the murder site anymore. However, unless you have a camera crew, which I wasn't about to get. But anyway, um, however, I did talk to the locals about it. And that's mm -hmm. one of the ones where people still talk about it. People are still curious about it. And it still freaks out the community. Like there were lots of people who were like, oh yeah, I was a kid when that happened. I was their age. And it haunts me to this day that they don't know who did it. <laughs> Well, they think they know who did it, but oh, I'm not sure on that one. The one that got me was the giggly nanny. Everybody says that. Everyone says that's the one that gets them. The giggly. All the, all, all the murders she committed. It's just craziness. And it went on for years. Um, she's so interesting because of the way that she killed and why she killed. So, yes, I learned about that story on a, a haunted tour. And they just gave a very brief description of her. And I was like, oh, I need to go down the rabbit hole on that one. And I looked up so many articles, newspaper articles about that, like for the time. Um, and the reason why she got away with it is because she's this little old grandma. She's only like five feet tall or five two, you know, and she's she seems so nice and she was so friendly. But here she is killing off her her grandchildren and she's killing off like all of her husbands because she just got bored of them and didn't want to deal with them anymore. And she's like, oh, you're not my true love. And instead of breaking up with them, she's like, I'll just kill you instead. And she was yeah. collecting insurance, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She was collecting. But see, you know, had that happened at a later time, because this is before the advent of, of computers, too. Because had that yeah. happened in a later time, so, so some guy behind the computer would have been like, hmm, there's a lot going on here with this lady collecting all this stuff, you know? Right, but that's not how it worked, yeah. And but she it just, moved... boggles, it just boggles the mind that she was able to get away with it for so long. And, she, and you're right, she took out her grand, one of her grandkids. Like 20 plus years, she got away with this and she moved a lot too, which helped. So she moved cities right. a lot, which helped. There was no trail because different insurance companies every time. And um, But she's an interesting one too, because she was so adamant about finding her true love. Mm -hmm. And so she, she would fall madly in love with somebody and then she'd marry them and like, like within three to six months. And then she would like find out they were alcoholics or they were abusers or these things. And she would, sorry, she would only deal with it for as long as she could. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to out you. And she would, she would out them in different ways. Like she would make prune cakes or um, things like that. Like here's a sweets, here's some sweets, dead. Tiger, come here. Stop playing with the cat. Okay. Sorry. No, he okay. has been he's been so quiet this whole time until just now. She's talking to my dogs. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I just I just found that story interesting because the, the, then she would get the you know she, she would laugh about it. It's just it's, it's just well, it just boggles the mind that, that she got away that as well as she did. You know. Yeah, she killed a lot of people too. Wow. I mean, it was just one after the other after the other after the other after. The she other. never stopped. That's the thing. She never got caught and she never stopped. No, that was the thing. And then, wow. The other one, too, uh, was the one about the little girl in the tornado. Oh, that one haunts me to this day. My friend Stephanie actually told me about that. Uh, shout out to Stephanie. But um, we did a... Um, stop! Come here. We did a... Um, we did a... Uh, this... Um, what, what, I don't know how to explain it. So 
we were all in a group and she brought us the picture of the Ooh. little girl and she said, okay, read this story. Where did the little girl go? It was supposed to be like a, an example of like how to read a picture or, or like, you know, how to remote view. And none of us could figure it out because we didn't know the backstory. And we were like, there's something, def something definitely happened with this woman, but this little girl, but we don't know what, like, it's very confusing what happened, but basically she there, there was a huge tornado that went through Oklahoma and so many people died and people still talk about that, that tornado. It was an F5, I think it is, which is like the highest tornado there is. And it went through a huge part of Oklahoma um, and it tore apart like whole cities and stuff. And they were just not prepared for it. This was in the forties, I believe late forties, late fifties. And um, just, it reeked through the place um and families were just being torn apart because of it and um there was two hospitals there was actually the original hospital and then they're they putting people in the basement and then there were like hospitals other places that they were just like makeshift oh. hospitals that they were just basically <laughs> trying they were basically trying to triage people mm -hmm. to um get them going well her mom the little girl's mom died um and her sister lived and her dad lived, but her mom literally got knocked over with the, when the house fell over. And so they found the mom in the rubble, but she got hurt. Um, and it was, I believe it was her hand that got hurt. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It was her hand or yeah. Or her arm or something. Anyway, um, they take her to the hospital, her and her sister go to the hospital together without their parents. So, and they're in the basement um, their aunt is looking for them. Their, their aunt was notified and is looking for them. Everybody's looking for them. The dad, the dad had to go to another hospital. So he, because he got hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they were stuck in the, in this basement waiting for triage because of her, I believe it was one of her fingers or something. It was, it wasn't a major, it wasn't like a major thing, right. um, but she was just bleeding a lot. And so, what happens is she gets kidnapped and the way that she gets kidnapped is so freaky. It is, it is the weirdest thing. And I read so many articles on this. Again, I was pulling newspaper articles for this cause I was trying to find like, what is the common thread here? And what is, um, because there's a lot, there's still lots of stories about her, but there's like a, I was trying to find the common thread with like actual newspaper articles. And essentially what happened is they're, um, the aunt was told that they weren't there, but she went and looked anyway and couldn't find them. Um, and so she leaves two people in two people in garb in like, I, how it was described as they were military or they look like military or policemen. They were in garb. They put her on the gurney and they take her out. And they actually talk to the nurses. This is what's so creepy about this story is they actually talked to the nurses and they said, we're taking her to another hospital. And they were like, okay, cool. Go ahead and take her, you know, cause we don't really have any room for her right now anyway. So they have this whole conversation. Um, the aunt figures out that she, that the little girls are actually there comes back to find 
go get the little girls because she finally found her brother, their dad, in another hospital. So the nurses tell her this story and said, oh, she's been taken to this other hospital in Oklahoma. And I think it was well, like, about an hour away. And so everybody calls and they're like, oh, then there's nobody here. She was never taken there. Nothing that never happened. We weren't looking for other patients. And then everyone's like, wait, what? Then who were the two guys in the military outfit with the cot? Like they brought in a cot and put her on the cot and took her out. And that's the most creepy part about it. And to this day, nobody knows where this little yeah, girl is. I thought it was creepy in there too is when, the, when her sister is getting upset over this. I forget if it was a little girl that asked or who asked, but they turned around and told the sister they were coming back to get her. Yes, yes. The, yeah, the um, the little girl told the military that they needed to take the sister to, and the sister wanted to go, and they said, we'll come back for her, don't worry. But they didn't. They just took, and this little girl has blonde hair, blue eyes. She's, she's so pretty, and she's like three years old, I believe, three or four years old. And to this day, she has never been found. Uh, they thought maybe the dad had something to do with it because the dad married three months after this whole thing happened, remarried another woman and had more children. And um, he spent his whole life looking for his little girl and she just basically disappeared. And because of the psychic, because of the psychic stuff, we, I had a whole bunch of psychics looking for her Nobody knows where she is. We could not get a handle on it. We did see the two guys. Um, come here. We did see the two guys. We did see the... Um, we did see what they looked like. We saw the cot. We saw pieces of it, but nobody could figure out where she went. It's like she just disappeared. And um, usually with, with when you do like psychic work, you can usually kind of figure it out. Mm-hmm. There was no like resting place for her. Ah! Not... There was no resting. Sorry, there's no resting place for her. This is so funny. There's no rest. Let me show you guys her. Yeah. There you go. Let's see the culprit. I uh, know. He's what, what? What kind of dog? Um, Jack Russell. I've got rat terrier. Okay. Oh, then you know. I know what they're like. Yeah. They're psychotic. Um, yes. Um. There's no resting place for her. There's like even psychically, we couldn't find a resting place for her. Like she literally just disappeared. Um, and I think that is the weirdest case ever. And oh, it was in Woodward. Um, strangely enough, it was in Woodward, Oklahoma, that this happened. Now, yeah. That is a weird case. And then there's like, like and then I, I remember in the book, there's been people, women coming forward saying that there's, there's this little girl, but there's they haven't been a match, right? No, they did DNA and they can never find a match. But what's interesting about that is so many people during that time lost relatives and couldn't find them under the rubble. Mm-hmm. That, um, and there's so many women around that age that have like PTSD from it mm-hmm. that they identify with the story, even though. Yeah. It's not them. It's they not still them. have, yeah, they still have, like, memories of it. The other story, and, and I mean, you hear about this, like, you know, every once in a while you come across serial killers that do this with their victims. And Which it was one? the guy that was sleeping with the decomposed corpses. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, every once in a while you hear, but uh, 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 was it Bundy? 
Bundy, I don't Bundy, or who it was, used to like to wash their hair and then sleep with them. That was uh, that was both Bundy and Dahmer. Yeah, did that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, they'd sleep with them. But what got me was the the poor uncle to find this this decomposed body with maggots, and here he here the nephew's been sleeping with them. Yes. Okay. So that has to do with the killings in uh, Cash, um, Oklahoma. So these were prostitutes that happened. When I researched that case, that case really got to me. Like I had to stop and start that one because that one really got to me. Because okay, so in the from the 1990s and it even moved into like the 2000s, mm-hmm. women were just disappearing. And they were all prostitutes or they all were drug addicts and they were all on Cash Road. And um, it's Cash Road in Cash, Oklahoma. But um, there, there's this area of there where there's a, lot of, there's a lot of truck stops, a lot of truckers, and a lot of prostitutes. So the prostitutes cater to the, the truck people. So it, it could have been anybody who did this. They think it was a trucker, though, because of they, are, they always happen in the areas where the truck truckers were um there's just a lot of coming and going but from the 1990s to like the early 2000s so we're we're talking like over 10 15 years here uh women started showing up in in bodies of water face down clothes off no visible marks on them just dead um one of the bodies actually ended up right next to a, a um, detective, a deputy officer person. And he was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, like literally like right down the street from his house. And so that's when it kind of, they took it seriously, but there was like years where they're like, oh, well, probably it's probably um, drug addiction it's probably overdose it's probably this because they're prostitutes and we're just not going to look at it and so basically i think we had four or five bodies before they actually started to take it seriously and this isn't in in like five years um and again that detective finally was like okay what's going on with this and then that's when it started to they taken seriously but the problem is is that there were people taking how do i say it there were other bodies and other people taking credit for these these murders. And the one that you're talking about is those actually happened in Arizona, the ones you're talking about. And what happened is the person who did those killings was in Oklahoma passing through. And so they were like, well, same time frame. I wonder if it's him. Um, but he was a weird one because he did the drug addiction. It was prostitutes. It was, you know, mm-hmm. drug addicts. But yeah, he was a weird one because he would get them all drugged up, kill them, and then sleep with them. And they, uh, people in the trailer park would see women coming in but not coming out. And finally his uncle was like, something's up. And literally found the dead body with the maggots in his bed. So he'd been sleeping with this woman with the maggots. It's like... That's the worst part for me is like, but it ended up not being him. To this right. day, they don't know who did those those murders. And it, it didn't stop. It never like actually, from, from what I'm reading, that area still has bodies just showing up. Wow. 
Yeah. And they just kind of turn a blind eye with it. But the 90s was when it was like, I think there was like eight women that died in a, it was 1993 to like 2005 or something like that. But it was like this really long period of time where like eight bodies showed up. Um, and like I said, they're like, oh, well, like if these were prominent women in society or women with children, well, they all had children, but women, you know, that were, let's just say it, women that were white and in, you know, better neighborhoods, mm-hmm. it would have been a, like the first one. But because they were uh, addicted women, many were just out of prison and then many of them were prostituting to make money for their kids. Because of that, they just were like, oh, well, there's no marks on these bodies. So we'll just turn a blind eye to it. And um, then I found out later too, because of, because I was looking through all of these things that that area, for some reason, like I said, there's always bodies sort of showing up there and that trucking area, like don't stop in that trucking area (laughs) because like cash road, don't go there. Um, Because, there are a lot of truckers that kind of use prostitutes and then just kind of dump them on the side of the road. I mean, I know that's horrible to say, but um, I had, again, I had a really hard time with that one because um, just the, I think what bothered me about it is there's like this sense of like, oh, well, they're prostitutes, Mm -hmm. they're drug addicts, they've been in jail already, oh, well. Um, it's like that whole thing with the rape kits, like 75% of rape kits don't even get looked at, you know what I mean? And it's kind of that whole thing where you're like, it kind of reminded me of Dennis Rader, you know, because it took forever to get, to, to, to get him. And he was going down, what, up and down I-5, grabbing the prostitutes and stuff. Yep. Because if you're, um, the other thing too is people are across. So like, okay, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Texas touch. So, like, I live on the corner of of Arkansas right now. It's only an hour away, too. Um, I've been to that area. Yeah. It's only an hour away from Oklahoma. And then if you go the other, if you go south, um, or is it south or is it east? It's east. It's east. Um, if you go east, you go into Missouri. So, Oklahoma is an hour away one way, north, and then east uh, is Missouri. So like, I'm kind of in a weird area and it, it only takes me two hours to get to the corner of Texas. So we're all touching. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, like if you're in Oklahoma and where the cash area is um, really, really close to the borders. So you could literally go into another, you could literally kill somebody, drive two hours, dump the body in another state mm-hmm. and be gone. Mm-hmm. And it would be very, very hard to connect the dots. Um, even to this day, it would be very hard. Now, what is Oklahoma like? I mean, for people, you know, people that, that I think think about Oklahoma that have never been there, they, they, they think of the Western movies, they, they, you know, they, like, the song, like the movie Oklahoma, the Tall Wide Plains and stuff. What is Oklahoma like? Um, it's a lot like Texas, honestly. Um, <laughs> it is. Um, so there's a um it depends on what part of texas you're in. i mean not texas oh my god it depends on what part of oklahoma you're in um there's a lot of like really lush forests and the ozarks and it's it's very um green 
Um, but then you have like these very barren areas too, which are like just nothing there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, and then you have like Tulsa, which is like a big city, but it, it, by the standards of big cities, it's actually really small. You know what I mean? It's like a few hundred thousand people. It's not really that big. Um, if you if you put it next to like LA, <laughs> right? It's just right. a teeny tiny. Like I'm from California, so like oh yeah, the big city Tulsa. I'm like it's not very big. Um, so you have that, and then you have Oklahoma City, which is bigger. That's kind of like LA, and then um, so you have these bigger cities, and then you have a lot of teeny tiny cities that are like a thousand, five thousand. Um, uh, I used to live in Tahlequah, and Tahlequah is very lush it's there's a river running through it it's where the trail of tears ended it's where the um it's where the the nation tribe for the native americans is um so there's a lot of native it's strange that people don't recognize this but there's a ton of native american culture in oklahoma because of the trail of tears mm -hmm. it's huge um there's a lot of transplants from oklahoma it is very conservative very conservative I'm going to say that again, very conservative. Um, there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, don't talk about it kind of mentality. Like we don't talk about the past. We were just racist on the sly kind of, um, you know, like a lot of farmers, there's a lot of farmland there. Um, it's pretty, it's very pretty. It's just, there's a little bit of, how do I say it? Like, there's a lot of little tiny towns that are like a few hundred people that are just kind of dilapidated. There's like a, a Dollar General, a Walmart, and a Sonic, and that's about it, right? Is it hard going from LA? Because I, I know you lived in California. Is it hard going from something like, like LA to, to a, small, a smaller town like that? Well, the town I live in right now has 2,000 people. Um, Yes and no. Yes, because you can kind of just, no. Okay, wait. Yes, because of the, how do I say this? Yes, it is because the attitudes of people are very, um, bless your heart, kind of like, so everywhere that I've lived in Oklahoma and Arkansas, I've been kind of the same. I live in smaller towns. So there's a lot of like, if we don't see you at church, you're a heathen kind of um situation uh, there's a lot of clicks like um when i go to the grocery store sometimes everybody turns their head because they're all talking in clicks and they're like yeah we haven't seen you in church so who who are you right, um right. so there's a lot of that um but the good part is you can kind of disappear because if you mind your business people don't get into it like you mind your business and we'll mind our business and, and n never you know shall they cross me so it's like um you know, so you have that kind of, uh, if you're introverted or you work at home or you just keep to yourself, no one will bother you. So that's the good part. Um, but I think the main issue is just California is so liberal and so um, culturally aware mm -hmm. that... Um, Sometimes I'm a little surprised at, at I, I don't, I'm not trying to be disparaging, but I'm a little bit surprised at how backwards it is. 
-hmm. or how conservative it can be or how biblical it can be. Like there's like revivalist tents that show up. Sure. Um, but then you have pockets like Fayetteville. I live 30 minutes away from Fayetteville. Fayetteville is, an, is a very multicultural, multidynamic, um, how do I say it? It's a university town. So mm -hmm. you have a lot of people from different cultures. That's where you go to get like the good uh, Asian food or the good Italian food or, you know, like if you, if you want something that's not Southern and not fried, you go to Fayetteville, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, if it's not covered in gravy. Um, so there are all these little pockets of, of culture that you can, you know, tap into if you know where to look. But right. um, it is a quieter life though, for sure. Like, if you want something done, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen in two weeks. So just chill out. Like if I want, if I want, like my air conditioner wasn't working, it was kind of weird. Yeah. It took a week and a half for somebody to come out to do it. It's so you just kind of have to deal with it. I understand. I understand. Yeah. I'm just curious about that because I know people that during COVID moved from California, like Montana and different places like that. And, and the change was just like, boom, wow. You know, because you, because they're not used to that, they're not used to that stuff. Because what what applies in California doesn't apply out there. Well, it's one thing I can tell you this: when living in California, and even living in in Arizona, because I lived in Tucson for like almost ten years. Um, the one thing I can tell you is this: I when I lived in California, I was very surprised at how many people voted for Trump and why they voted for Trump, um, and like what was the whole thing with that? Because I'm like, how did that get through? Um, you come out here and then it makes sense. It's not that people are dumb. It's not that people are, are rude. Some people are, stop. There's some people are, come here. Some people are dumb. It's some people are rude. It's not that people are um, racist. Right. It's just a different way of living. Right. And it's, um, he really, really uh, talked the language. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so when you come out here and you, you see how people, the mindset of people, you're like, oh, yeah, it makes sense now. It makes perfect sense. It, well, it it's like California. I mean, it, it's mostly the rural areas are what voted for him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's, what he, that, that's what he's appealing to. It's just a tradition and a way of life yeah. that we just don't understand when we live in more culturally diverse places where there's, you know, there's not a lot of... Oh my God, the cat and the dog. Okay, there's not a lot of, um, come here. There's not a lot of, uh, oh my gosh. Okay, come here. There's not a lot of, uh, what am I trying to say? Diversity here. Yeah. So you think how your parents thought, how your grandparents thought. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, everybody just kind of, falls in line and there's nothing wrong with that i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that so don't don't get it twisted yeah. right it's just different it's different and it's it's um different way of life it's not Absolutely. anything that i have experienced before and you know i i think one of the things that i did learn from moving is that you know there are a lot of amenities and a lot of um privileges you get living in like a place like California that you just d take it for granted. Um, mm -hmm. They, you know, I mean, I, 
I talk to somebody and they're like, oh, you're from California, ain't ya? And I'm like, whoa, I just talked to you for 30 seconds. How do you know that? And they're like, just the way you are, the way you talk. Um, you know, you have this like, um, people say that I have a very um, like privileged way of talking about things because I expect things to happen and mm -hmm. I expect to have certain things and you know, it's, I don't know, it's, yeah. Yeah, that's different. It's just different. Let's talk about some of the mysteries there, Erie, Oklahoma, um, the bridges. <laughs> the progress. You know, because you hear the story just like that. I don't know, that, that famous bridge where the dogs jump off. Yeah. You know, but I mean, these aren't like that. But I'm just saying, you hear stories about bridges all the time. I mean, look at um, um, look at Downeyville mm -hmm. and that bridge there. You know, the, the rumors on that bridge. And that bridge is weird. I've been on that bridge at night and that thing starts to vibrate under your feet for no reason. And there's nothing yeah. going across it. I mean, there's just some weird stuff out there. Tell me about these bridges with the crying bridges. So there's a lot of them out here. Um, I was looking through them and I was looking at one particular one, but then I found out that like there are crying bridges all over this area, but there are a lot of bridges here. Um, and I have a theory. Um, so there's a lot of rivers here and a lot of bridges and a lot of bridges over rivers <laughs> and a lot of lakes. Uh, like Oklahoma in particular, there are no actual, so there are no actual real lakes in Oklahoma. They're all man-made and there are a lot of them, a lot, lot, lot of them um, because they use them for water sources. So um, there are a lot of crystal deposits here and there's a lot of limestone deposits here. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this yeah. stone tape theory, but yeah. Um, so my theory is that because of the crystal deposits and the water deposit, the water coming over the crystal deposits, um, these bridges are kind of like, they're almost like tuning forks in a way. They just kind of take on the vibration of whatever is happening. But uh, a lot of people have died on these bridges and a lot, there's, um, there's a couple of stories um, and they're all the same story. And that's what always trips me out about these bridges is they're all the same story. It's usually some woman who's trying to get away from their husband um, or she's trying to get rid of her children and either she can't do it. So she jumps off the bridge and then takes her children with her or they try to, to uh, drown their kids because they just can't deal with it anymore. Or they're running away from some kind of husband situation and they're like, I can't do it. And they just off with the bridge. So, but a lot of these bridges, if you go underneath them or even drive over them, you can hear babies crying and you can hear the splash or somebody, yeah, the splash is always an interesting part, um, of somebody jumping over the side. Um, and sometimes you can hear, some of the bridges you can hear screams or someone crying, like a, a woman crying and then the baby crying. So, um, but it's always this misfortune of, of women not knowing how to deal with motherhood or not knowing how to deal with marriage mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and kind of losing it. And as a paranormal investigator, do you think that, you know, like, like you talk about the crystals and stuff that are under there, that has something to do with, you know, you think some, that has something to do, do with it. But do you think because whatever happened was so traumatic, it, it left an imprint? Oh, yeah, completely, yeah. I, I truly believe that, like, I'm going on about this, but um, I, I truly believe that if you have water, because water is a, a conductor, right, and then you have metal or something that's porous like wood, and then you have crystal deposits, um, 
which is also another conductor, it like it sucks up that energy. Right. And so it kind of creates like a fissure in the I don't know if it's a time and space continuum, but something like that where it creates some kind of um, disturbance in that the energy there because like you can move the bridge because they have <laughs> and that area is still haunted. Like there, sometimes they move bridges over, um, especially the ones for the trains love to move them over because you know they, they build a road or something and so they move the bridge over 10 feet and yet the area where the bridge used to be is where it's still haunted and you're like okay that doesn't make any sense but it happens that way it just does it's like it, it creates like a it creates something there um so one thing i have i have um done this too so i've used um what is it called? negative ion um uh, I don't know what it, I forget which mach, machine does the negative ions. What which piece of equipment does? Um, I cannot remember off the top of my head. But you can track negative ions, mm -hmm. and I did notice places that are like haunted like that. Mm -hmm. They have more negative ions than, than positive ions, which is the same thing that happens in fires. Mm -hmm. So if you have fire and traumatic experience, you're going to have the same reaction as water and crystals and negative experience well, i would think that even the the dirt in the ground itself would absorb the sound kind of like you know in a old these old wooden buildings oh yeah completely the residual energy in there too because because the, that energy is you know something so traumatic or arguments or whatever happened in the house and it, it's just ingrained in that wood so i would think that 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 you know the, the ground would work similar too or the water would work similar Yes, the ground kind of takes on the, I don't know how it happens. I'm still trying to figure that out. But yeah. yes, it's almost like it gets imprinted into the dirt mm -hmm. or something. Because again, there have been times where like you could tear down a house and build another house and that house is going to be haunted, the new house. Even though the original house isn't there, even though everything's gone, you're going to have the same haunting in the new house. Mm -hmm. And that always tripped me out. Like, how is that even possible? Um, in the ground somehow. Yeah. I just find these, like you say, there's so many bridges like that, though. And I just find it interesting that, that there's just so many. You don't hear about that out here. You know, you one out here I know is Forest Hill Bridge. And that's about the only one I know of around here. Yeah, there's a lot of bridges even in Arkansas that are like that. Um, they all, they're all haunted. And it's, it's just really weird. Like you can literally go to these places and uh, it's like clockwork. Um, but there is something about bridges and water. And I still haven't figured it out because it's a whole Mothman thing. I mean, if you want to, if you want to get really weird about it, the, the whole Mothman sensation, mm -hmm. um, you know, and the bridge that collapsed in Point Pleasant, it's the same thing. It's, it's, I mean, there was technical issues with that bridge, but there's something about bridges, water, mm -hmm. um, that creates some kind of catalyst for, uh, again, time space continuum. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not yeah, sure water, what it is. Water is a catalyst. I mean, even, yeah, I always make my team laugh because when I go to old hotels, I always use the bathrooms. Yeah, 
because even though they've replaced the piping up top, <laughs> the piping is still all yeah. the way underneath. And I always think I'm sitting there on the pot, and there's some woman going, and, 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 and you're right in my face. Well, and yeah. It's, again, it's the water thing. It's the water. Yes, for sure, it's the water, water thing. It's oh, you're right, and you're right. It's always the water. Um, yes. Now that you're saying that, um, many of the many of the experiences that I've had, the really really crazy ones, like doors slamming shut or opening, or they've all happened near bathrooms mm -hmm. and older places. Mm -hmm. Yep, or in bathrooms. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? So 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 what you're saying for for the gang out there for for my ghostly groupies is if you go stand under one of these bridges or go to an area where this bridge was and you get there at the at the right point in time you're able to hear these these voices yes okay. try try some estes and <laughs> see what happens <laughs> for real like try to figure like whoo yeah um i can tell you there's something to that too because uh I went, I just told, I said in the beginning, I went to West Memphis. This is for Arkansas, it's for the new book, but I went to West Memphis and mm -hmm. the area where the murder happened, of course, there's water and then there's these pipes over the the area. It was like a bridge. Mm -hmm. And um, I literally stepped foot on the ground and I was like, I'm in, I'm already dialed in. And I did a, um, a investigation there it's like a psychic investigation. I'm like, okay, let's let's get the information. And uh, I literally, so there was these tall. I'm really short, but there was these these like tall trees and shrubbery. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I wonder where the pipe is where these kids like their bikes were found. And so I'm walking, and I turn the corner, and I'm standing in front of it. And uh, Josh, who was with me, my friend, he goes, you know, you're standing in front of the pipes, right? I'm like, I can't see it. What are you talking about? He's like, you literally just walked to the pipe, I'm like. I can't see it. And um, there's something weird about that energy there because there's water, there's the pipes, there's the bridge. Um, the impressions in that area, even though it's been 30 plus years, the mm -hmm. impressions in that area are still so strong. And I couldn't help but, but think, is it the water? Is it the water that's keeping it there? Um, also another weird thing that happened, I'm going to throw this at the audience because I really don't know what it means. Sure. Um, strangest thing happened there. Um, and it haunts me to this day. And I know it doesn't sound very crazy, but, um, I finally like pulled through the shrubbery. Um, and Josh was like, should we go over the bridge? And I'm like, mm, I think I'm going to stay on this side because the bodies were actually found on the other side of the pipes where we were. We were in the, the residential area because that's the easiest way to get there. And I didn't want to pull off of the freeway and go the other way. So mm -hmm. we, we, we found the residential way to do it. Mm -hmm. But we we're standing there and he's like, should we go across? And I'm like, because mm, there's like there's like a path that you can walk down. And I'm like, I don't I don't think I want to risk it. There was something about it that was just really creepy that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. So he's standing there and he's like, something is staring at us. And I was like, what the hell is going on right now? So I look in the shrubbery and there is a gray fox standing on top of the, yeah, on top of the pipes. And it literally sits up, like he's not all fours. It literally sits up like this with his paws up like this and stares at us. Like I was like staring into the eyes of the fox. Wow. And it was just looking at me. And I was like, what the heck is going on right now? And he's like, do you see it? 
I'm like, yeah, I see it. I'm staring at it. Like, and then it just walked away. And I was like, what the hell was that? And it felt like the, I know as I'm describing it, it doesn't sound very funny, but like in the moment, we both just looked at each other like, what was that? It felt so surreal. And it felt, you know, when you're like in the presence of something supernatural, you get that weird feeling like time kind of stops. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody who's investigated probably knows this. Yeah. Where you're like, what just happened? Like, it was the weirdest experience. Um, so I'm still to this day trying to figure out what the fox wanted. I mean, I know fox are tricksters. Mm -hmm. I know I know Kasuni, they're the whole Cassini thing, but mm -hmm. I don't really know what it wanted. And um, it just disappeared. I don't know, but again, the water thing really, the, I don't know. It was just a very strange, strange oh, thing. No, the, the, like I, the book, guys, you have to get this book. It goes into more detail. You know, we're skimming over stuff for you guys to get you interested and get you, know, get you to buy this book. It's a really good book because she... Not only does she talk about haunted locations, she talks about Indian lore as well. Oh, yeah, tons like, of Indian lore. The Deer Woman. Oh, the Deer Woman. Yes. That is that is one. <laughs> All the Native Americans know about that around here. But the Deer Woman is this woman. Um, she's half deer, half human. Well, she doesn't show up always in the deer form. But she... Um, you gotta be careful with her because she lives in the forest and she'll try to get you into the forest. But the problem is, is that she really likes men, but she really likes men that are cheaters and she likes men that are alcoholics or that, that are just not good. You have to be really in good form because if you see the dealer woman and she always shows up, she'll show up at powwows, at Native American powwows, wearing all black with a shawl. And she has really big brown eyes, like almond shaped eyes. And she, she's said to be really beautiful but kind of enigmatic and kind of like the way that fairies are, where if you see a fae, you're like, mm, there's something off about that person, but I don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but she's really alluring and she talks to talk. And so what happens is she will bring you into the forest and she, she tries to bring men again that are cheaters or that are alcoholics or people, they just don't have good constitution. She'll take you out into the forest and then she'll stomp on you to death. See, that's what the giggling nanny should have done. I know, right? She could have a crossover there. Yeah, see? She could have just taken them out of the forest, turned over the deer woman, and not, no problem. But people have actually seen the deer woman in more than one place. Because I was I was researching it, and actually in Tulsa, there is a playground now mm -hmm. where the deer woman used to hang out, and they have children there. And the problem with that is they used to do powwows there. Mm -hmm. And so every now and then... You, someone will say, did you see that woman in the forest? She looked a little like half because she's naked in the forest. Mm -hmm. um, they're like, did you see the deer woman? She looks funny. Um, not the deer woman. They don't say the deer woman, but they say, do you see a woman? She's really pretty, but she looked kind of naked and she was walking around the forest. Um, and then she'll just disappear. And this happens all the time in Tulsa at this park. Um, and <laughs> I'm like, imagine, just think about it. Like you're, you're in the area because you want your kids to play and you just kind of see this naked woman walking by. Um, but she, she does love women. Mm -hmm. um, and if 
a woman has a problem or needs help and you see her, she will completely help you. And that's the other part of it is that she's very much about like helping women. So that's probably why people see her at the park because she's like keeping an eye on the kids and keeping an eye on the women and, and making sure that she's not needed um, because she will lure your husband out into the, <laughs> the forest and stomp on him. Yeah, but isn't her bottom part, doesn't she have hooves for feet? Yes, but you don't know that because she always wears long skirts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. So I mean, and guys don't care. They're like, "Oh, she's pretty." So what? She's wearing funny <laughs> shoes. Okay. So. Oh, it's not funny. I'm not. I'm trying to laugh at her. I don't want her to come get me, but. <laughs> she won't. She won't. I'm just saying it's funny how she does it to to get even with with these guys that are you know. Yeah. Not so great. She lures them in, and then with her hoof feet. She will cool. stomp cool. on them. Yeah, the Native American stuff is really interesting. The other thing that I thought was interesting too, that um, there are tons of, there's so many caves out here. Oh my gee, there's so many caves out here. And so the uh, Middle Earth kind of like creatures are really like, there's a whole thing with little people, the Native American culture. Like there's all these different kinds of fae and little people. And um, they don't call them goblins, but there are some like goblin-y kind of uh creatures and it's like very well known it's like oh yeah the little people whatever um watch out that's still your baby because there's like a few different kinds of little people um some will help you um some will lure you into the forest and try to get you lost mm -hmm. um some will kidnap your babies um and then others um will play tricks on you and um so I know some people that have experienced things. I actually experienced something in my forest in, in Arkansas where I would hear the tinkling sound of like, um, like, uh, like bells or like wind chimes. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have any wind chimes. Like it took me a second, you know what I mean? Like, why am I hearing wind chimes? So I go into the forest and then the sound moves and then you're like, okay, and then you go to the other place and the sound moves. So you're like basically circling around in the forest because you're looking for the sound. Um, my friend Stephanie, again, who lives in Oklahoma, heard uh, music in her closet. And she actually, well, she lives. And I was like, why are you hearing music in your closet? And then I went to her house one time and I'm like, oh, yeah, you live right outside the forest. Okay, makes sense now. But like. So these, these little sounds you can hear all the time if you like really pay attention and you live near foresty areas, um, it's kind of a thing. But um, I never experienced little people per se, but I have seen the shiny objects. I have heard the wind, ch the, the wind chime sounds. I have heard the giggling. So um, I've seen the stories of little people that have kidnapped kids. Oh yeah, the changelings, yeah. Yeah, that's really prevalent out here. And because of the cave systems, um, so more Missouri than Oklahoma, but Bigfoot. So, but the one thing I did find out is there are more Bigfoot sightings in Oklahoma per capita than there are in Oregon or the, the uh, Western Washington, Oregon area. There are more sightings in that area, mm -hmm. but per capita, in the forest, there are more in Oklahoma. Like Oklahoma is actually the number one place if you want to look for Bigfoot. The sightings are so, 
The sightings are. So, oh my gosh. She wants to look for Bigfoot too. Um, but the sightings are so prevalent here in Oklahoma. Stop. He's chasing a cat. They're having a, a showdown up the stairs right now. Come here. Stop. Um, the, the, um, especially in the Northern part of Oklahoma where it's all woods and there's, it's more, uh, foresty, mm -hmm. the, um, the Bigfoot sightings are huge, huge. And they actually have Bigfoot like conventions out in the middle of the woods, like literally where like, so you have to go 18 miles into the forest. There's no cell phone, no ATMs. You have one store. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so come prepared. <laughs> um, and they'll go out and there, there's always sightings and there's always stuff going on with that. So um, that was really interesting to me because like I've always heard that Missouri is the place to go to Bigfoot, but mm -hmm. strangely there are different kinds of Bigfoots in different areas. When I was doing the research, I was like, what? So the, according to lore and the Bigfoot people around here, <laughs> the Bigfoot in Arizona, they're tele, not Arizona in, in Missouri, they are telepathic Okay. and they can disappear. The ones in Oklahoma, are more like hairy beasts that are like throwback from, you know, when we were cave people. Mm -hmm. So, and they hide in the caves around here. The ones in Missouri do too, but the one in the ones in Missouri have to do with UFOs. There's a UFO Bigfoot connection because they both go into the caves. Like I was like, what? And then if you go down south, like the Fook monster in Arkansas, and around here they're skunk apes, so they smell bad and they are red. So it just depends on where you are, but they're like so prevalent and so known. People are like, don't go into the woods unless you want to have an experience. And I was like, really? They're like, yeah, don't just don't do it. Like it's that, I don't know. Like people take it very seriously around here. <laughs> so now do you want to go in the woods? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> because knowing my luck, <laughs> I'll run into one and be like, what yeah oh, because i i have like that psychic feel i would just like walk right into one i, I just have a feeling right. right yeah well there's a lot of stories you know from like northern california where these things have disappeared in, into like a um blue mist or a blue light come they, they see a blue light in the woods and then they just disappear oh my gosh that's so weird that you talk about the blue light okay so but i never heard it with bigfoot right however i did go to spook light Okay. in Oklahoma and that's on the border of Oklahoma and Missouri mm -hmm. um and it's in the book the spook light is a really weird thing and it's a blue light that's why I was saying it it actually we actually saw the blue light um so now you're freaking me out because I'm like what if there was a Bigfoot around that area because the area where the spook light is it's called devil's devil's promenade mm -hmm. and it is the weirdest yeah anyway we were in the middle of the night and it was the weirdest place ever like there's nobody around. My GPS was like, where are you? Um, the place that we ended up parking, like we had to pass this like farm area that I'm swear to you, it was like chainsaw massacre looking place. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, where the hell are we? And the GPS is like, you're fine. You're fine. So we're like, okay. All the, you know, all the streets had numbers and stuff, but we park and we're looking for it and it literally shows up as a ball like 
sitting in the middle of the road. It was so weird. And it only lasts for like a minute. And we're like, is that it? Are we seeing it? Is that it? And we're looking, we're like, <gasps> we're, you know, me and Josh are like, no, that's got to be a car. It's got to be a car. Like, there's no way that could just be a light. And then it stops. It just literally goes out. And then there's all this mist that happens. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what is going on right now? Because the mist just kind of shows up. And then this weird blue light streaked across the sky. And I was like, did you see that? And he's like, yes. Yes, I did. And I'm like, whew, okay, it wasn't just me. And he's like, I think that was it. And then we waited to see if it would come back, and it didn't. And it's so weird because then a car came up the street. And you can totally tell the difference between car lights and this other light. You, mm -hmm. there's, there, because you can see when the car went through, the, the, the light bobs and weaves and you're like yeah it's definitely a car driving around the corner right mm -hmm. um and then then it goes past you this spook light literally hovered just above this like maybe 10 feet in the air sat there did nothing didn't move didn't nothing it's like everything shut down for like a minute i don't know how to explain it but it's like where everything is just really quiet nothing happens and you're like is this really happening and then just disappears boom and then the fog comes in and then the blue light yeah it was very weird um it wasn't scary i think the area where it is is more scary than the actual experience itself but like you, you literally have to go in the back and what's funny is that there are other people actually looking for it while we were there <laughs> other other cars parked on the side of the road that were obviously there for the spook light the so i've seen one of those in my 25 20, you know 20, 20, 25 years doing this stuff and it was up above camino and behind this guy's house and it's it's, it's part of american river canyon so there's nothing out there and it was just hovering and this is like 11 yeah. o'clock at night. It's just hovering there. And then all of a sudden, boom, gone. Yeah, what is that? Because it, it just, it literally, it's like it just sits there, doesn't, and you're like, what is going, like, it's, because you expect movement or you expect, I don't know, there was something, it's very random. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so what's next? You got this new book that you're going to be working on. Mm -hmm. I have a new book coming out. Well, it's going to be out in, like, I'm still writing it. My deadline is in January, so it'll be out. I know. It'll be out in August of next year. It's going to be more of the series. It's going to be Arkansas. There, There's so much weird stuff going on in Arkansas, let me just tell you. Um, according to locals in, in Eureka Springs, there's an underground Palladian base. So I'm like, all right, I'm definitely going to have to try to figure that one out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's cool. I'm like, okay. So there's just a lot of weird stuff around here, but um, the Oklahoma book, um, I took I took great care with it. Um, I tried to put as much as I could. I tried to go to as many places as I could mm -hmm. and try to experience as much as I possibly could. But um, unfortunately, as I was writing it, uh, everybody in my house got, I think we got COVID. Um, and we got really sick and I literally got sick three times in two months. So I was down. So I wrote this book with a head cold. So, <laughs> um, so I'm researching things, trying to like 
go places and like in between like literally like almost dying um i've never been sick in my whole life so um there are parts of the book like i just looked at the book a couple days ago and i was like i don't remember writing this because i was so sick when i was writing it and right. researching it i'm like right. i don't like i i was like this book is really good I, did i write like did i write this like i don't remember this <laughs> so um but i think it's out of all three books that I read, I think this is one of my favorites um, because of the Native American lore and the it just um, even though Oklahoma has a bad rap, it's there. I don't know. I think I tapped into the humanity of Oklahoma when I was writing it. I did. I, I felt very connected to the stories of the people there. It's mm -hmm. a it's it's very much that. I mean, and I, I read about the bombing um and the Tulsa massacre and some of these other things that that happened in Oklahoma that just sort of shaped our I don't know our culture um right. and so that was kind of interesting especially the bombing there was I didn't realize the whole story with that there was a lot that went on with that that um yeah I was kind of surprised about and there's a tree that um there was a tree that that they had shrapnel in the tree um, and it's a survivor tree and people used to go there to eat lunch and just hang out. And so the tree, they almost took the tree out because of the shrapnel. And this is in Tulsa and, um, for the, the bombing that happened there. But, um, the people of Tulsa were like, do not take the tree out. Do not. It's, it's like a symbol of hope. So they left the tree there and instead they built a, a monument, um, next to it. And um, it's it's very touching. It's I don't know why it's so touching, but it is. It's like that surviving tree is like like the pulse of Oklahoma almost. Like yeah, we can survive just about anything. So um, you did a great job on this book, and I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you. It's always fun to have you on. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, we'll have to get you on with the next book. You know, this this was really this was really great. Well, thank you. How can people find you? Um, you can, so I do have a podcast. I actually took down all of my websites because I'm revamping everything right now because, you know, Mark Richard is coming. But um, you can go to my podcast, which is which is my dog. No, um, my podcast is enviousalien.com. That's N-V-U-S-Alien.com. If you go there, you can get a reading from me. You can check out my blog. You can like all my information is there basically. Okay. Yeah. So, and if you're interested, I did do a podcast about spook light and I did do a podcast about, I'm doing a podcast about West Memphis and there's some other information there that I talked about today. So. Okay, cool. cool you cool, can cool. check it out. Well, thank you so much, Heather. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's always fun. Thanks for sending the book. That was great, man. Good stuff. Thank you. Excellent stuff. So you can have a good evening now, relax, play with the cat and dog, and <laughs> chase them around the house. <laughs> for real, you. for real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right. So I learned a lot about Oklahoma. I hope you did, too. And uh, it's a great book. It's it's. Uh, I read it in about two and a half hours, so it's not that, uh, it's, it's not that long a read. But if you want to learn about the history of Oklahoma and everything, that's the book to go to. Tomorrow, Nancy Matson is going to be with us, and we're going to be talking about colors. Colors, you know, colors matter because when you think of your aura, you're looking at colors. Well, what we're going to be talking about tomorrow night is the clothes that people wear and the colors they choose to wear, and how those colors can affect 
the people around you and affect your, your personal relationships and stuff. So we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about intuition. Um, going back to this thing with uh, the queen dying today, I, I woke up Monday, it was Monday or Tuesday, I woke up and I had a very, very, very sad thing going on. And I don't know why. And I did, well, I didn't know why. You know, I, I, I've never been really empathic, but it was really bad, and I couldn't, I, could, I couldn't shake it. And I was trying to figure out what, what it was about. And then when the queen died today, it kind of hit me because I have, I have family over in England, just outside of London, and so maybe that's what this was. It was a build up to, to, to that. But uh, yeah, you know, because I've never been that empathic to where I felt that way before. But I mean, I could not shake the feeling. I was talking to people that I know about it, you know, because I just could not figure out why I was so sad. Anyhow, so Nancy's going to be with us tomorrow. It's casual Friday and all that good stuff. If you like the show and you're listening to it and you're listening from Facebook, please hit that follow button. Uh, if you're listening from Twitter, follow us. Uh, TikTok, follow us. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, there's that little ghost in the bottom right-hand corner with the magnifying glass. And he um, is our mascot. You click on that. You can subscribe to our videos. And we have almost 400 videos sitting over there. And they're a little, they have a little bit of everything on them, in them. And I think there's a little bit of something for everybody. Um, Saturday, I am teaching a psychic development class, level two class, to that takes us beyond the wound class, where we start looking at what abilities you might have. Not all psychics have all the abilities. They have certain abilities that you know, certain things that they're able to do, whether it's being, whether it's empathic or whether it's you know, um, being able to read people, or whatever. We look at all that stuff. You know, you might be clear audience. You, you know, you might be clairaudient, you might be clairsentient. That's what we're going to look at. We, we do exercises to learn that. You can hook up with that class at CaliforniaHauntsMeetup.com, California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team Meetup.com, for you to join the meetup, and then the classes are there listed. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming tonight, and check out the website at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, and then CaliforniaHaunts.org, and check us out on TikTok, California Haunts. Check out our videos. We've got a bunch of stuff over there, too. You see that ticker at the bottom? That's because it's that time of the month, and I have to pay bills just like everybody else. And I've got an internet bill due. I've got, you know, electric bill due. And also because California Haunts doesn't take any money to do investigations. All this comes out of my pocket. So if something breaks, you know, mics break, whatever, I have to pay for it out of my pocket, you know, even equipment for the team. So if you can find it in your heart to help me out, I'd really appreciate it. That's at paypal.me at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal, you can go to Venmo and just type in California Haunts. I would really appreciate it. Otherwise, check out our classes over at the, over at the California Haunts Meetup. I, you know, I appreciate that, too. Um, we're coming up with some special events for Halloween month. And I think Nancy's going to be involved in one or two of those. Plus, we're probably going to do a Halloween ghost hunt. And uh, we're going to pick a nice haunted place for you guys to come, to come ghost hunt with the California Haunts team. So uh, we're, I'm working on a couple things for that. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming tonight, and I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific with Nancy Matz. Have a good evening. Here we go, and here is Heather's information for her books. Erie, Oklahoma. Heather Woodward. And the other book is Arizona Haunted Hotspots and Ghosts of Central Arizona. And, of course, you can get those books at Amazon. And, like she says, check out her podcast because she's got some interesting stuff. I go over and listen to her podcast sometimes, too.
even I listen to her podcast. <laughs> anyway, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good evening.